and welcome to another episode of Alone Together with me, Trixie. Um, today, I'm going to talk about something that we probably have all encountered at some point in our life, and it is um, defense mechanisms. Now, um, defense mechanisms are something we developed at some point in our life when we felt attacked. Um, so something happened at a young age or, or maybe even later in life, like a traumatic experience, or um, it doesn't have to even be so traumatic, but something that was painful. And in order to cope with that, your mind used defense mechanisms and at the time it was probably something that was very helpful for you it helped you get through whatever you were feeling at that point and um, it served you well but as you get older um, these defense mechanisms sometimes they don't go away like you continue to use them in situations over and over and over again um, when the situation looks like something that's happened to you before and your mind kicks into overdrive and says oh no oh no oh no stop 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 danger and then when that happens boom and pops the defense mechanism to save the day kind of like a superhero but this would be more like a superhero from the boys i don't know if you've seen that show but I would say this would be something uh, that is just like, oh, what's his name on the boys? The um, Superman guy. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Homelander. This would be something like Homelander. Like it looks good on the outside. It seems like something that's going to be good. But then it ends up like destroying everything. So, if we continue to allow our defense mechanisms to come into our life and for uh, ruin things, because um, they, they really do, when, when they're applied to situations where they don't necessarily apply to, um, they will ruin... Um, relationships um, they'll keep you isolated um, they'll keep you in pain they keep you hurt and they don't really serve you in the same way they did before but you don't know any better because this is what you've been doing all along to cope with things to keep you safe to keep you from getting hurt but it's not doing that anymore so you know, defense mechanisms are things that you need to, to kind of recognize in your behaviors and your thought patterns um, if you want to change your relationships with other people and have good, healthy relationships, relationships that um, you may be vulnerable in. And it's okay to be vulnerable. Like, vulnerability is a good thing, and it brings you closer to people. And granted, sometimes... 
you know, you meet the wrong person and vulnerability sucks with them, but that doesn't mean that you should stop doing it or that you should close yourself off. It just means maybe you need to um, make some changes in your life so that you can better recognize um, these predators or um, these broken people that haven't fixed their own crap so that maybe their crap doesn't bleed over and become your crap. Um, because uh, that's what we're all after in the end. Everybody's looking for, you know, a healthy relationship. Everybody wants that. Nobody goes in and says, hey, I'll be really happy if I get a toxic relationship. Like, this is going to be the most awesome thing ever. No. Nobody says that. And if they do say that, they're lying. Nobody <laughs> likes that crap. Like, you may enjoy the ups and downs of it. You may enjoy the um, attention you get from a, t a toxic person. Um, but in the end, it hurts. You end up hurt. And it's not a good thing. Um, the only good thing you could possibly take from something like that is maybe you learned a little bit and now you know how to recognize it better. And that is a good thing. You can always take good things from pretty much any encounter you've ever had because either the encounter is going to make you into a better person or it's going to break you down so maybe you get the strength to turn around and let it make you into a better person. Um, but those, those choices are, are pretty much up to you, how people, situations, and everything affect your life. So uh, defenses, they, they are designed to kick in anytime something attacks, attacks you or anything that reminds you of something or somebody that previously attacked you. So sometimes um, defenses will kick in when they're not necessary. Something will happen. Somebody will say something. And in your mind, it's like, oh, no, oh, no. Danger, danger. And, you know, I picture it like lights flashing. I'm like, no, no, no. Like, don't go this way. Do not go this way. Turn back around. And so defenses, um, whenever they first appeared in your life, that is the age they're at. So if you develop this defense mechanism when you are five, this defense mechanism does not grow as you, as you get older. It stays at five. <laughs> like, that's it. That's as far as that one goes. Um, it started here, it ends here, and that's it. So you need to really learn to recognize these defense mechanisms in your life so that you can um, help yourself to become a better person. And, you know, you want to go into relationships as a whole person. You don't want to go into relationships looking to fill voids or looking to get something that you feel like you need um, because it will never work out. If you're going into a relationship looking for something you don't have, you're not going to find it there. You may think you're going to find it there, but trust me, you won't. 
I've done that several times myself, gone in and, and looked for whatever. Like, I didn't love myself, and so I thought, well, maybe if this person loves me, then I'll love myself. Well, no, that didn't happen. So it took me, you know, several nights sitting alone at my house, crying through it. And, you know, it's going to sound silly, but looking in the mirror and saying, you are a good person. You are worthy of love. You do deserve better than what these people are giving you. I had to do that. I had to make that choice. Um, nobody was going to make that for me. Definitely not these people that were trying to leech off of me. Because um, a, a lot of people will do that. They will. They'll grab onto you. They'll hold on to you. And they'll suck you dry. Until you have nothing left. Because you will give and give and give and give. Trying to get whatever it is you think you need out of that relationship. And once you are got nothing else to give, they leave. Why? Because they don't need anything else from you. That You can't give them anything else. So they don't need you. And, and it hurts. And then you fall apart and you, you're left there and you're wondering, like, what did I do wrong? Why was I not enough? Like, why could they not love me? You know what the answer is to that? Because you didn't love yourself. You didn't love yourself enough to choose yourself and not let that continue to happen. And that is a choice you have to make. You, you do have to look at yourself and say, you know what, I choose me. And that's not selfish. That's healthy. It's healthy to go into relationships expecting what you know you deserve. Because until you expect it, nobody is going to give it to you. Nobody. They're going to give you what you allow them to give you. So don't allow them to give you less than what you deserve. Don't allow them to come in halfway and, you know, just come in and out whenever they want. Tell them, no, that's not how I deserve to be treated. Like, I deserve better than this because I am a good person. And, like, you know, I'm giving you 100%. I don't deserve 50 in return. I deserve 100% too. Now their 100% may look a little different than your 100%, which is okay. Everybody does things in a different way. Um, there's a very good book that I've read um, called The Love Languages. Uh, I think that's just it. It may have more in the title. Um, but it's love languages, and so it, it tells you how everybody loves differently. Like, some people love by words of affirmation, like saying good things, compliments, stuff like that. Other people love by giving you things, like gifts. Um, and I forget what some of the other ones are, but you should go look that up. It's a good thing, because what you'll come to realize is that people will tell you what their love language is they'll you'll see the things that they do for you to show you love it may not be the same things that you want them to do but that's the way that they show love so you have to learn those things and so you know when this person is like doing stuff for you hey okay 
that's them being like, hey, I'm here. I love you. Um, it's a really good thing. If you haven't read that, I highly recommend going to read that. There's like quizzes online you can do that will um, help you find your love language. You can send them to your a significant other and they can also do the quizzes so you can find their love language and it helps you to better communicate with each other and it can strengthen your relationship if you both know what love languages the other one speaks and how to um, speak to their love language uh, and if you really care about somebody you know you you want to know that kind of stuff I remember once I was in a relationship with somebody it was a toxic relationship. I'm not going to mention who the person is. But <clears throat> I'd been with them uh, for a couple of years. And and I found and I found the quiz online. It was like an app on your phone. And I said, oh, cool. I'm going to take this quiz. So I took it. And then I sent it to him and asked him to take it. He said, I don't believe in that crap. I don't believe in none of that crap. I'm not doing that crap. And I should have known then. He was just a, he's just a hateful person. Um. But I didn't, and I was like, it hurt my feelings, because I was like, here, I'm trying to make, make us better, and you just, like, spit on it. Like, it was nothing. Like, I don't have time for that crap. Um, but he was like that with everything. Like, you know, pretty much anything that came up, he'd be like, I don't believe in that, or I'm not doing that, or, you know, you cry too much, or whatever. He's just a, a leech, a human leech. Um that's the best way to describe it. <laughs> and the sad part is, you know, here's the thing. He used a lot of defense mechanisms to keep himself safe. Because he had been through a lot of trauma. A lot. And sadly, because I understand psychology from having a bachelor's degree in it. And I understand how people's minds work. And I understand the things that they do to keep themselves safe and why they do it. It keeps me in toxic relationships longer than I should. Because I look at the person and I know why they're doing what they're doing. And in my mind I think, well, maybe if I love them just a little bit more, they'll see that they're worth it. And they'll stop hiding behind the walls and um, insecurity and doubt. And, and they'll come out, the real them. Because, you, you know, you do see people's real side sometimes. Even with the defense mechanisms and stuff. You see it um, in their actions. You know, that's a lot of the reasons that you fall in love with somebody, even though they may be toxic. Because you see their good stuff. They show you that in bits and pieces. Um, but it's like a turtle, you know, it, it pokes its head out and it looks around and it's like, oh, this doesn't look so good. I'm going to go back in here. And then maybe they'll poke their head out a little bit further. Ah, oh, this still doesn't look so good. And then they go back. People, people do that because most people haven't really seen love. Like they think they've been in love. But they haven't. I mean, because real love, real love will see you through anything. Um, I have a favorite verse that talks about love. Um, and 
Corinthians, and I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with this. Love is patient. Love is kind. Um, it does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no records of wrong. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. That is really, it's from 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7. Um, and that's really one of my favorite things. One of my favorite verses because I try to love people like that. I try to love them in spite of themselves. And when they do something wrong, I'll address it with them. But I, I don't try to come back and make them feel guilty about it later or throw it up in their face. Like, remember when you did that thing? Because that turns people away from you. Like, it makes them angry. It makes them feel like less than um, it'll make them feel like you're saying that they owe you something but they don't if they've come to you and they've apologized for what they've done let that be enough let it be enough and and set them free from whatever guilt shame or anything that they have You'd be amazed at how much your relationships will grow if you do like that. Like, don't hold grudges. Don't throw things over people's head. Like, <clears throat> you did this thing to me. Remember? They remember. I'm sure they remember. If they care about you at all, they remember. And just look at what they do in the future. And if they make efforts to not do that again, then they're growing. They're growing and they're becoming a better person. And give them credit for that. Let them grow. Grow with them. Celebrate their victories. I mean, we're all human. We're all going to make mistakes. Every single one of us are going to mess up at some point. That comes with it. I mean, it's all part of life. You can't be angry at people all the time because of one mistake. But, in the same token, they need to make actions that shows them that they realize what they did, they realize that it hurt you, and they're willing to take the steps to make it better. Um, because that's how you know that, you know, they care. You know, people that say, oh, they're sorry, and then just keep doing the same things, well, they're not really sorry. Um... They're sorry that they have to deal with the situation. They're so, maybe sorry that mm, you're upset. But they're not really sorry about what they did. Or they don't even realize how it hurt you. And if they don't understand that, then they don't know how to avoid it in the future. So, you know, just keep your eyes open. Look at, look at what people do more than what they say. Because that will speak volumes over the person that they are. What they say, anybody can say anything. I can look at you and be like, hey, you're my best friend. And then ignore you for like months. And then come back and be like, hey, there's my best friend. Are you really my best friend? 
probably not. So just keep those things in mind. Um, now, as far as defense mechanisms go, there are 10 that I know of. Um, there may be more. There may be variations of these. Um, but I'm going to explain 10. And so you can kind of look at them and evaluate and say, hmm, do I do that? Or have I seen that? You know, and that way you can better see when somebody that you care about is doing something like that. And you can be like, hey, dude, like you really don't have to do that. I know you're scared right now, but you don't have to be. Like, it's okay. It's okay. And so... The first one is projection. Now, uh, projection, I'm sure we've all seen this. I've seen this several different times in my life. You can, if you go on Twitter at all, you will see it on Twitter. Tons of people are, are using projection as a defense mechanism. So the way projection works is that um, you unconsciously take unwanted emotions or, or traits or something you don't like about yourself and you attach it to somebody else so say you are a cold person like you don't care about nothing you don't show emotions about nothing you're just so cold and instead of you seeing that in yourself you'll see Joe Smo over across the street and you'll be like god that guy's so cold he's so uncaring like he doesn't care about anything and you complain about it in this other person instead of realizing the reason that you recognize it in the other person is because you do it yourself you do it yourself so it it kind of keeps you it's designed to keep you from hurting yourself um, through your thoughts and, and all that. Um, so it, it, um, that, that's kind of what it does. So you just take these emotions, you put them on somebody else, and then you don't have to look at your own stuff. You also see that a lot with people in relationships when they cheat. Um, I've seen it a lot of times. People will constantly, constantly, constantly... Um, think that their partner is cheating on them and so they'll say stuff and they'll be like well you're acting such you're doing this you're doing that when in reality the reason they're worried about the other person is because that's what they're doing the whole time and <laughs> instead of you know accepting accountability for what they're doing wrong they instead look at the other person blame the other person say the other person is the one that's doing it so that in their mind, they can handle um, what's happening. So, um, you know, you can, you can kind of work to stop projection. Um, if you realize that's what you're doing. Um, so, I mean, if you do it, like, don't sit there and beat yourself up about it. And be like, oh my God, I'm such a terrible person. Um, just, you know, look in yourself, like identify who you are, identify, you know, your actions 
and the reason for your actions. Because I'm sure at some point in your life, something happened and you needed to use projection to be able to mentally handle it. And that's okay. But don't let it keep coming out when it doesn't need to. And let it destroy friendships, relationships, you know, everything. Um, and if you're not sure if that's something that you do, ask somebody. Ask somebody that's a friend, though. Um, somebody that you trust. Somebody that you know is not going to hurt you. And let them give you a good picture of who you are. So that you can um, work to better recognize when these situations come up. And in the moment, light bulb clicks on and says, hey, I'm using projection. Let me not do this. Let me take a step back, reevaluate the situation, and maybe come back to it later. You can also go to counseling and get help for stuff like that. But you have to be careful and you have to be sure that you get a good counselor. Somebody uh, that you click well with. Somebody that gives you things to do, things to work on, that you can apply in your life and make changes. Because somebody that you just sit there and kind of talk to every week, that's not really helpful in the long run because they're not giving you resources to use to break out of these habits. So you just need to you just need to be careful with that. Um, another one, which also is seen quite often, is denial. So this is the second um, defense mechanism, and you know, people that use denial are just going to act like it didn't even happen. Um, so, you know, they're going to, it helps the person to kind of escape anxiety or um, any potential harm that they may see from, you know, whatever they're being accused of. So it, it means that, you know, you're, you refuse, refuse to accept reality or facts. So you may block out in your mind anything that does not support what you're trying to believe. So if somebody says, hey, you're, um, you're acting in a um, hurtful way. And then you may say, well, how am I being hurtful? And they'll give you examples and be like, no, I didn't do that. I didn't do that. I didn't do that at all. That's not me. Well, that's a defense mechanism um, that keeps you, your mind, so that you don't have to deal with the emotional impact or negativity that may come from something that you did. So you don't have painful feelings or, or anything like that. So you need to recognize when that's happening, too, so that you can step out of it um, and not continue to hurt those around you, hurt your friendships, and uh, as a byproduct, hurt yourself. Um, so the next one that we're going to talk about is called repression. Um, so those that, that don't know what repression is, um, that is one that, that, um, that keeps you from having certain thoughts, feelings, um, or urges or anything like that. So it's it's designed the same way the other defense mechanisms are. It's trying to keep, um, an, you know, things you don't want to feel from you feeling it. 
or thoughts or, or any of that. Um, so it, it minimizes anxiety, stress, you know, pain, all of that. So repression is like, say for, it happens a lot with people that have suffered abuse or anything like that. They can't handle the abuse that happened to them. Um, they can't handle the feelings that it made them feel, especially if it's somebody that they cared about that did this to them. That makes it even harder. So instead of um, dealing with any of this, they push those feelings down um, so they don't have to think about them. So it's kind of like, you know, you're in denial um, or, or something like that. So Sigmund Freud said that, um, oh, never mind. Uh, so, uh, oh, my mind just went blank. Um, anyway, so this helps you avoid, um, the bad feelings. So, I mean, you'll have repression and suppression are the same things, um, but they act to keep information out of your consciousness. Um, the memories don't go away they're just not in the forefront and they're not something that you think about so like it will still affect you in um relationships and stuff like that um even though you don't know it is um so these are you know it's something that you need to work through you probably need to get with a counselor on that because bringing those memories back up is going to be very painful but sometimes you have to do that in order to move forward because chances are probably when the situations happened you had to repress or suppress the memories so that you could make it through it it was a survival thing for you you know you consciously couldn't handle what was happening why it was happening and the pain that went with it and that's okay but you need to move forward at some point and find a way say, to deal with these emotions, deal with these feelings, deal with the situation so that you can move on with your life. And it can stop affecting situations like when you see something that, that reminds you or looks like whatever you went through. Um, you don't your overdrive doesn't kick in and just, you know, blow up the whole situation. Um, and then there's a, there's another one. It is called displacement. The next defense mechanism is displacement. So this is kind of like, um, you see those people, they have a really bad day at work and then go home and like yell at their family or their kids or their wife or whoever they just yell at them and they they're like I don't know even know what's going on like I didn't do anything all I did was you know sit in my room um that's displacement so you take your feelings that you feel about something else and you put it on another person that has nothing to do with it they're completely unrelated from the situation at hand 
And so that can be harmful because it damages relationships because people don't even know what just happened. Like, why am I getting yelled at? Why are they so mad at me? You know, I didn't do anything. All I did was, you know, say hey, and now you're just going off on me. So you really need to kind of figure out a way to express that anger in a more positive um, manner. You need to kind of deal with it with the person that actually hurt you, not people that have nothing to do with it. So you need to start realizing and, and looking. Like when you start getting mad at somebody, you come in the door and you're immediately mad at them. Ugh. Realize that they're not the ones that hurt you. They don't deserve anything like that. And, you know, redirect those feelings to where they belong. That way, you know, you handle it in a positive way. So that, that one I've seen a lot. I saw that one a lot growing up um, in my family. And I'm sure y'all have seen y'all have seen it too. It's really common. Um, the next uh, defense mechanism is sublimination. Uh, sublimation is one that takes our unacceptable impulses or behaviors and converts them into something that is acceptable. So, you know, it's like, hey, I took this rock and I turned it into gold. Like, gold looks a lot more better than that rock. So, um, somebody might take anger um, and instead of feeling the anger, they start taking up boxing classes or they... Um, take up, uh, you know, some other way that, you know, start working out a lot. Uh, people also do this with sad emotions. Like, they'll take it, and instead of feeling those emotions, they take it and make beautiful artwork out of it or, you know, write something out of it or make a song. Um, you know, a lot of great artists um, use that. You know, took their feelings that they felt and used that to produce... Um, music and songs uh, you see that you can see it when you hear these people's music like um, Fred Durst he's done it a lot in his songs um, then you've got like uh, Linkin Park uh, that's, a, that's a really good example of that uh, but you know, sublimation may not be a completely negative thing because you're not really hurting anybody and you're kind of doing something positive with that emotion. But you also need to make sure you are dealing with the emotion. Like, you know, handling it in some way that you can get past it and you can get over what happened and, you know, you feel better. Um, the next one is called intellect. I can't say this. Intellectualization. Um, so that is one where instead of you, you thinking of events and letting it bring up feelings and stuff, you think of it in like a cold fashion and like a clinical fashion. So you avoid thinking about the stressful stuff and just focus on the intellectual component of it. Um, so it's like somebody who for instance, is diagnosed with, like, maybe a mental disorder, something that they really can't handle, 
So they're going to instead look up everything that they can about it and learn everything they can about it. Because um, that allows them to keep distant from the situation and not really have to feel the pain of whatever that situation is bringing up in their life. God, I don't know why I'm yawning so much. Sorry. Ugh. So that one can also kind of be a positive, but same thing. You need to make sure you're dealing with these emotions so they're not being bottled up and rolling over into other stuff. Um, rationalization is the next defensive mechanism. Um, so that one allows you to you take something that happened, something, some negative emotion, behavior, whatever, and you explain it. I think I'm going to take a nap after this. I don't know why I just woke up, but I'm tired. Sorry. Um, but it allows you to take the whatever's the unwanted thing and you explain it in a logical manner and avoid the true reasons for the behavior. So say you, you went and... Um, and asked somebody out to go out with you. Somebody you like. And then if they say no, they don't want to go out with you, you might be like, oh, well, she had bad breath anyway. When, in fact, that's not the truth at all, but that's the way that you handle the rejection. So you don't feel so rejected because you can't handle that. Like, you're not strong enough emotionally to handle that rejection. So, um, that's what you do. You know, people do it at work. Like, they make a mistake and they'll be like, well, it was really so-and-so's fault. If they had done their job, I wouldn't have messed up. Well, they're rationalizing the situation. They're not taking a look at all in what they would have, may have done that contributed to us. And in any situation, just about, um, except for maybe, like, forms of abuse and stuff, you, um... You do play a part. You know, if a friendship falls apart, that you played some kind of part in it. Uh, whether your part may have been as big as the other person's or not is different. But you held a hand in that going down. Whether it was just the choice to let it go down. Um, that's also a part in it. You made the choice to let it go. So, you know, you just need to look at stuff like that. Be aware of it you know, identify when it's happening. Um, another one is called regression. So this one is interesting. Um, you can see this with a lot of personality disorders. Uh, what people do is in order to cope with situations, they will revert to behaviors that served them earlier in life at like a younger age, uh, at a younger age. So, um, you know, they may backtrack and start acting like, you know, a little kid. They may whine. They may cry. They may pitch a fit. Um, you know, it's usually not so blatant like that. Uh, you know, or people that go back to drinking. Like, if, if they are having a hard time and they used to drink to handle their problems... And so if something happens and they start drinking again, that's a form of regression. Um, 
So, you know, it's, it's a way that they can hide their, their feelings um, and not have to, to deal with any situations. So, you know, there's some other ones like people will avoid situations um, just com completely altogether. Um, there is humor. Humor is a very big uh, defense mechanism. People will laugh about stuff instead of talking about the true thing that's going on. Um, they'll make jokes about it because that's, that's their way of getting through it. Um, you know, they'll act out. So if they're feeling a certain way, you know, they may go out and like drink a lot or party a lot um, or do some kind of thing that affects them negatively. But that's their way of coping and dealing with something that's happening negatively in their life. Uh, passive aggression. That's a big one. You know, instead of explaining your feelings, um, you like make little jabs at the person. Like if they left their shoes in the living room and you wanted to get them, you may say something like, hmm, those shoes have been sitting there for a while. Instead of just coming out and saying, hey, can you get your shoes and put them on, please? Like it's really bothering me. They just, you know, blame it on something else. So, I mean, if you really want to get through your defense mechanisms, um, you can. You, you need to look at which ones you have. Um, which ones you use in your life and which ones may serve a purpose and which ones don't. And if they don't serve a purpose, then you need to take active steps to identify them, why you do them, and... Sorry, yawning again. And either deal with the situation so that you can move past it and stop using those defense mechanisms. Um... Or, you know, deal with it situation by situation and, and just retrain your mind to do something else. So, you know, I mean, you just got to figure out what's impacting you negatively. And, you know, there's quizzes online to help you figure out what defense mechanisms you, you have. And you can do that. Um, you know, you can make a list and take it to your counselor and say, you know, I'm doing this and I really need help. Uh, people will help you. They really will. So... Just reach out. Reach out to other people. Ask them for some help. and Become a better person. Because that's all we want. Everybody just wants to be a better person. So, if you have any questions or, you know, anything like that, need somebody to talk to, I'm always here. And I thank you for listening to another episode of Alone Together. Uh, I look forward to, uh, later this week, I'm going to be recording a new episode with... Um, Landry, and she is, we we're going to be talking about toxic relationships, uh, platonic relationships, you know, all different kinds of, of things with relationships, so that ought to be a really good show, a um, lot of good information, it'll be nice to have somebody on the show with me, uh, so that's kind of exciting, and I hope y'all tune in, um, I gotta figure out a regular day to stop dropping, start dropping my episodes. So if anybody has any suggestions, send me a tweet, a DM, something like that. Let me know. And I appreciate you all. I hope you all have a good day and take care of yourself. Take care of yourself because nobody else is going to do it for you. All right. Uh, I am out. Peace out. <laughs>